Hi, I'm John. And I'm Paul. And this is the Minute Podcast. If you give a mouse a cookie, I'm pretty sure he'd write a book. But give us 60 seconds of footage and we'll tell you where to look. With a concept this simplistic, it's hard to say if it'll last. But give us just a minute and we'll give you a podcast. The Minute Podcast. Thanks for joining us for another episode. As you probably know by now, the Minute Podcast is a weekly conversation between John and myself where we talk about a listener-submitted piece of content from a TV show, a movie, or somewhere else on the internet, and we uh, talk about it, try to orient ourselves and figure out what's going on. John, what are we looking at today? Uh, today we're discussing a clip from uh, Prototype 2, uh, a video game. Uh, our first, our first like, non, I don't know, film, video, media thing. Uh, and this clip is named James Heller, I Hate Computers, Shit's Broken. And this is supplied by uh, Chris Taylor, otherwise known as Liquid Swordsman, on uh, the DuckBeat Network. Thanks, John. And this week's episode is brought to you by Inaudible. Very quiet readings of novels, screenplays, and other media. It's very hard to tell what they're reading. Visit inaudible.com slash minutepod for a 15% discount today. All right. So, uh, the first thing that we want to talk about is sort of our level of familiarity with uh, Prototype 2, and specifically this clip, I guess. Um, so, I'm not familiar with it very much. Like, I, I know generally about Prototype 2. I worked at a Best Buy at about the time in which it came out, so I pretty much touched, uh, touched like, a hundred of these cases, which sounds creepier than I thought it would. But uh, but, it, but it's it's reputable enough. It's a real enough game that it was it, in a Best Buy. It is a real game, it, and I think it did relatively okay. I don't think it was mm-hmm. ever. I think Prototype Two is the last prototype, and therefore I think, I think they were like basically Prototype One did pretty well, and maybe a sequel would result in like you know massive amounts of sales. But uh, I don't think it turned out that way. I think it just did all right, and it's mm-hmm. generally positively remembered i think like a, like a solid b game i think but you never played it no i never played it no and and i i know nothing about it i mean it, it looks like a game i would have played <laughs> it does look like a game it's but even not. got like that whole like uh like gray aesthetic like even the yellow like neon yellow suit that the guy is wearing mm-hmm. is rather subdued looking it's just very, very reminiscent of games very from much that era. of the time, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's do a very quick intro to the scene here. Um, what what appears to be happening is a man in a hazmat suit is on some sort of. Well, we don't know what he's doing, but he's in a room and he's doing something on a computer, talking to someone remotely. I'm guessing via radio, who's not in the room. Uh, then he finishes what he's doing on the computer and walks away. But, All right, John. So, I, I think since since this is a uh, video game that we're doing a clip of for the first time, it might be helpful if we did a script reading. Yes, probably. Okay, great. Inform informing it, informative at least, right? I think it should it should be definitely. Okay, so we've got uh, three characters: someone named Heller, someone named Guerra, 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 right. and someone Guerra. named Soldier. Yes. Yeah. Figure, I'll I'll be Heller, and if you want to be Guerra and Soldier, yes. I will, I will be both of those characters. Okay, excellent. I'm at the computer. What do I press? First you need to... I'm pressing the red button. Shit, the screen's all fucked up. Shit's broken. Okay, uh, press the alternate key. A-L-T, alternate. 
Alt? There's no fucking alt. I got a fucking squiggly line key. I got a fucking key with a triangle on it. What the fuck kind of keyboard is this anyway? James, calm down. There should be a button with a blue square on it. Okay. It's more like it. Bringing up the personnel database. All right. I got the location. Don't forget to log off. Yeah, yeah. Terminal 4 is currently logged on with no personnel present. Please return to your station and commence proper log-off procedure. Fuck off. I hate computers. And see. I thought that was pretty good, although your soldier sounded a little bit like George Lucas. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what I was going for. I just uh, assumed he was part of this. <laughs> executive um, producer. Yeah, executive producer George Lucas. Mm. Um... So one of the things I want to ask you, Paul, is, uh, so did you get that Heller was the guy in the hazmat suit to begin with? Oh, yeah. Because yep. Yep. I had to watch this again uh, after, like, the first 10 seconds of me being like, where the hell is the character? Because, like, all it shows is, like, the back of a computer screen um, and then a guy standing behind it in the hazmat suit and then a bunch of guys wearing what I assume are, like, like those little face masks, like like uh, sick masks, mm-hmm. uh, walking around in the background wearing lab oh, so coats. So you, you weren't sure who which one was the character? Yeah, I was not sure who was talking because the hazmat suit doesn't have like like this is before we can get away with like a lot of like transparency shaders in games. So like the hazmat suit does not have any sort of uh, transparency to it. It just looks like That's a black true. screen in the front of it. So I just see this guy like. In a hazmat suit standing there, I didn't even see him typing in the beginning. So He's like, not, not really typing. Yeah, I guess you're not really given a lot to work with. Um, I assumed, based on his centerness in frame, that he was the yeah. character from the start. But, I mean, very easily it could have been someone else in the shot. Yeah. Well, I, I got it, but I thought we were going to pan over to the character talking. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I was yeah. thinking, like, oh, okay, so, so there's a guy in a hazmat suit, and then where's the main character? <laughs> I don't know. My brain just made the initial... Wrong guess. Uh, so, yeah. So, another thing I want to ask you is, like, what what do you think you're they're doing here? Like, what is this place? So, not to give too much away from my theory for what's going on at the end of the episode, I think this is some sort of government-run medical research facility. Yeah, I'm definitely getting the, like, uh, research facility, at least medical, like, some sort of biological thing because of the... Mm-hmm. He's walking around in a hazmat suit, and people aren't freaking out about it. Right. Uh, a lot of people walking around with face masks on, right? Yeah, I was thinking it's some sort of, like, biotech research or some, yeah. something vaguely seedy. Yeah. It would suck to just have to wear a face mask all day, though. Oh, they get so job, itchy. Right? They really get itchy, you know? Yeah, they're not comfortable. Yeah. Well, John, uh, you, you mentioned briefly the um, aesthetic of the shot and the style in general uh mm-hmm. what, did did you happen to catch what year this was made in the game i guess uh, you, you know a little bit from your um i believe it was 2012 so this yeah, would be I, I saw 2012 do you know is, is that when half-life 2 came out half-life 2 came out in i believe 2006 so is about that six old? years yeah wow. it's because I, I, I was thinking they like visually they seemed very similar to me well that's because this entire generation basically tried to be be half-life 2 in a lot of ways <laughs> mm. um but yes they do they do have similar things especially the biotech people and then like 
faceless scientists. They're not faceless. They just their faces are meaningless because they don't matter. Um, it's kind of cold, then, but <laughs> I'm just saying. Sit. I call them like I see them fall. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also the hazmat suit. Kind of reminds me of. Oh, that's like, true. Yeah. Gordon Freeman a little it. bit. Yeah. I don't think that this. I think this character is wearing a hazmat suit. I don't think he wears hazmat suits all the time. Like I. I think. Oh, you think he's just in costume? I think he's in incognito in this shot. Oh. Um. But uh, <laughs> I have to admit, I don't really have much beyond that. Like, I think he. I think he's, like, a biological experiment or something. But, again, like, I'm going off of, like, what I saw on the cover of the the case, like, Oh, you see, you're using context clues, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no, no, just I remember. Like, I remember the case. I remember the first one, too. Um, Yeah. Well, let's not give too much away for your theory of what's going on, but you mentioned something before we started recording, John, about Mm -hmm. um, your own experience in helping people with computers, yes. which uh, from this scene seems incredibly frustrating. I've definitely had those experiences myself, but do you have an especially relatable experience with computers that you could share? Um, yeah, so I, I'm a school teacher. I teach uh, digital art to ungrateful teens, uh, and uh, this is basically my everyday is a student saying, uh, Mr. Ward, my computer's broken, and then I go, no, it's not. <laughs> and then they go, yes, it is. It won't do this. And I said, that means that it's not doing what you ask it to do, not that it's broken. Where are you? And so, like, I mean, earlier this week, I had a student, instead of exporting uh, a page that they were working on from InDesign mm-hmm. as a PDF, uh, they exported the Chrome page for our Google Classroom as a PDF. And then turned that in as their assignment. And I was looking at it thinking, like, this is just the web page that I was just on grading this assignment. Like, why do I have this and not their assignment? It's because they didn't go... They just started doing the directions for how to export a PDF in Chrome rather than switching over to InDesign. Um, So they pushed the red button before looking at the other buttons. (laughs) Exactly. Or... uh, I'll tell students to press return and then they'll look at me as though like return is not a button that they've ever heard of before, which makes sense because on PC we, it's a Mac lab on PCs, we have enter. Uh, and, and so like they'll look at me and then I'll be like, Oh, press the enter key. And then they know exactly where to look. And they, then they don't even connect it five seconds later when I told them to press the return key again. And they look at me again and they're like, what? There's no return key. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Is it one of these ones over by delete? (laughs) Or, like, insert, end, home, page up, page down? Is it one of those? Mm. Well, that that raises a question for me, John, of whether or not Heller doesn't know how to use computers at all. Or does he... Is there, like... Is the red button on a Mac analogous to the return key? Is the squiggly line key something else? Is he, like, using a different operating system that, or is i was it also wondering about system? this because okay so there have been enough weird like uh keyboard configurations in the world mm-hmm. that like I, I would absolutely believe that he is talking about an actual keyboard that somebody uses every day uh right. and like the squiggly line key for instance could be like uh you know that that could be the squiggly line key on our own keyboards but like maybe 
was it red square red button yeah what what, what escape like i don't know what that would be uh it could easily be possibly the blue square alt or is it just like when he says like oh there there's none of these buttons are on here maybe guerra knows all of a sudden like oh it's they're using the the vinda new uh keyboard system and so press the blue square button it's basically the same thing possible although why would the blue square a single keystroke bring up a personnel database after you've broken the screen by pressing the red button so maybe (laughs) my guess is maybe this is like a mcdonald's sort of situation (laughs) where, where the scientists are too stupid to be able to like we know you're brilliant biologists but let's just say you guys aren't the greatest computer users so why don't we just give you like a McDonald's like context sensitive menu sort of thing. Like it's, it's it's possible, but are we also assuming that there's only four keys on this keyboard? We only hear about the four. You got red button, blue square, squiggly line, and triangle. I mean, in the video, maybe you that's can, it. You can see that it looks at least the modeler was given the impression that the keyboard should be a normal like QWERTY keyboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah, I don't think true. you see the keys specifically. Uh, but at the same time, like, it it does bring to question, like, are there maybe only four labels on the keys? Is it one of those, like, uh, I think there's, like, a, like, DOS boot or something like that, the keyboard that has Mm -hmm. no labels on it whatsoever? Uh, sort of like... It's possible, I guess. I guess they could also just be really worn down from overuse. Maybe all Uh, the letters are worn off. Or it's got one of those big, like, uh, rubber casings over top of it. Ooh, yeah, you know those, what I mean? Yeah, those are gross. Yeah, no, that's really gross. But I guess, yeah. like, I don't if know. You're in a medical lab, and you have to, like, dispose of it after each contamination? Uh, that makes sense, I guess. Why not? Maybe. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Although, like, I kind of wonder at a certain point, like, those things can't be that expensive. They can't be that cheap. Like, it seems like that's a specialty true. product. Like, I wonder if just, like, at this point, like, Keyboards aren't that expensive either. Like, you could just buy really cheap keyboards. Anyway. You think you just put saran wrap over it? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, like a, but, like a dental dam. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> like a dental dam, John Jesus Christ. Okay, <laughs> but I, I have a couple of questions about this keyboard. I mean, first, shouldn't Heller have been briefed about the situation he was going into? Like, shouldn't he have been able to know what kind of keyboard they'd be using here? Or I is guess. that not realistic? Or is this a ragtag group? Of individuals could definitely be a ragtag group of individuals why the hell was heller the person sent is my real question though clearly not that technologically literate he does not follow directions well he doesn't <laughs> even log off he hates I mean, technology like, are these the clearly only a technology like clearly a technology sort kind. of requirement here yeah i mean you you would think that um the other guy heller's friend god what was his name guerra You'd think he he would have been the one sent on this mission, and Heller could have I don't know, done anything else. Yes, it's sounds true. like it would have been a better fit. Or Although maybe, maybe he didn't fit in the uh, suit especially well. Or maybe they just get a bigger suit, and then they can both fit in the suit. Maybe like one on the other shoulders, or like get a suit for a horse, and they can yeah. go in like that. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, uh, yes, a suit for a horse. So, uh, what would that even look like? I assume, I assume so it would it, have like a... rubber boots for hooves. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said what you're asking like is that. if a 
if a if a horse wore a hazmat suit, would it wear it like this or like this? Yeah, exactly. Like this. It works like better this. with pictures exactly. of yeah. Uh, anyway, a visual, great visual meme for a radio. <laughs> that meme we all know. Yeah. So, John, I have a, a couple of questions about things in the background of this scene. Okay. First, uh, did you notice what was on what what was visible on one of the screens in the background of the shot, one of the other computer screens? I mean, I saw it, but I couldn't figure out what it was. It really, to me, looked like a CAD drawing of a plate of eggs and bacon. Oh. Okay, so I have it pulled, like, I have this video pulled up on my screen, and since mm-hmm. the camera doesn't really do much in this scene, it, it's not that difficult to, like, get where where, where you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, no, the moment you said ed- a plate of eggs and bacon, I'm looking at it right now, it is confirmed plate of eggs and bacon. Great. Well, th- I'm glad you a very complicated that. user interface. Well, it, it definitely is, but then... As soon as Heller walks away from his computer, we, we briefly get a look at what was on his screen. Okay. And I have two thoughts. First, that is not what a personnel database looks like. Maybe he closed it out. I don't know. <laughs> are we talking uh, about your professional experiences now, Paul? We are. It's true. Uh, but second, it looks more like two blurry pictures of pancakes <laughs> than anything else to me. Which makes me wonder, is this actually some sort of biological breakfast design company? I mean... I wouldn't put it past. I would hope that the people who design our food are mm-hmm. in less like emotionally defeating environments because this is a this, is, this would be a terrible place to work. Uh, so like the ground seems to be either like slate blocks or cement blocks cracked up, mm-hmm. and or diamond plate metal plating, which would just get annoying to walk on every day. Probably not great for the knees. It's probably true. Uh, the it, walls, yeah, it does not look like a good work environment. The walls are made of cement or brick, but like not cool, like exposed brick, but like creepy, rotting. Like this should be replaced. Where where am I working right now? Sort of problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but I I don't even have a great theory for what kind of facility it really is beyond what you're saying, John, be, because of some inconsistencies. Okay. First. Well, it, this doesn't exactly play into what I just said, but he's the only one in a yellow hazmat suit. There are some other people in hazmat suits, but they're all in <laughs> they're blue. All red, or blue. Yeah, red. What the hell? There's no. Well, maybe there are also some in red. No, uh, I don't know they're, what. They're all in blue, yeah. I, I don't know why which, I said red. Which, to me, seems weird. Maybe it's just a mechanism by which you can identify your character while you're playing, but you'd think you could figure that out anyway. <laughs> you just bought yours at Walmart, and then you just walk in, and they're like, ah. <laughs> I guess Dan forgot his today. He's wearing the, or maybe it's the shame suit. Like when you forget to <laughs> oh, bring you forget your yours. suit in, like mm, they're like, maybe the backup suit. And you're like, oh, everybody's going to know. I forgot to bring my sh- suit in today. Well, it could also be like the visitor suit. I mean, I remember I once went to some sort of metal processing facility and they had to give me a, for fun, um, a hard hat. Yeah. For fun. And they gave me a hard hat to wear, but it was a big pink one. Yeah. So it was like, so oh, you're the, know... you're the guest in the big pink loser hat. Yeah. Well, I imagine it's also like, if shit goes down, they know that you're not going to know what the fuck you're supposed to do. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, so, that's true, too. So they're not going to try and follow you to an exit when you're, like, running <laughs> into the building or something, right? Mm, that's a good point. But but the other thing about this hazmat suits is that it seems like about half the people are in suits, and the other half are just wearing dust masks and, um, you know, 
gloves, which to me is confusing because I don't know how high security or high risk of a facility this is. Yeah. When they're all in the same room, but yeah. some are required to wear hazmat suits and some are wearing just dust masks. The other thing is, isn't there a certain part of like a hazmat suit that like you shouldn't be wearing it around inside a facility, even if you go into another part of the building to to use the hazmat suit, right? Like a secured, like, uh, you know, sealed off area. Like, well, yeah, you, you can't have just to decontaminate walk, between areas. You can't areas. just walk out of there and then start, like, typing on a keyboard in another area of the place. Like, there's, right. like, a whole, like, cleaning process in CRUD, right? Like, you okay, don't you just need to walk around in a hazmat between suit. Areas. Also, hazmat suits are not fun to wear. Like, I mean, they're kind of fun at first, but not for very long. Not when you're actually doing anything. No, they kind of get sweaty and, like, rubber. Yeah, no, it's it's not it's not fun. No. It's like why you don't see firemen just wearing fireman crud all the time. I mean, it's really cool, but at the same time, like, it's not very Weighs cool. 100 pounds. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing we didn't mention yet, John, is that the scene um, starts as a cut scene and then actually switch, switches to player footage. Yes. Towards the end. And it's, in my opinion, not a very smooth transition because <laughs> of what the user is doing only. Yeah. It seems like the, the guy who's actually playing the game forgot for about six seconds that this was when the transition took place uh-huh. and just kind of laz- lazily is looking around the room and then gets up and runs away. Yeah, that's and true. I'm wondering, do you think that's intentional for any reason or is he just not not really on top of it? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's to signal like, okay, now I'm going to trigger the uh, you just walked away from the computer sort of dialogue. It could be. So it could be intentional. Yeah. Um. I mean, do you think that the soldiers are the one that has... Like, where did the soldier's voice come from? Like, the one that sounded like... Uh, yeah. What did you say? Leonardo I, DiCaprio? No. You said no, I, George I, I did not. Not Leo. No. But more of a George. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it sounded to me like it was coming over a loudspeaker, which I'm imagining means the soldiers are in a different room sort of observing what's happening in this workspace. Okay, let's analyze this soldier's job right now. Okay. So, like, I run a computer lab of about 22 seats, right? Right. So, like, when somebody doesn't log out, is it annoying to me? Yes. But you know who it's really annoying to? The next person. Uh, mm-hmm. Imagine being a soldier whose job it is simply to observe, like, the login, logout, and then also the positioning. Like, how does he... Like, he literally just walked away from the computer. And and now, like, the soldier's immediately, like, somebody logged out without personnel. Like, what if he just walked over to grab, like, a sheet of paper from the table? Like, he literally starts telling him off, like, five feet away. Well, it's true, and it raises some questions for me, again, about what type of facility has tight enough security that you get notified that you didn't, that someone didn't log out, but not so high security that they know who it was instantly or you know yeah. anything like that or, or that the fact that you're wearing like a hazmat suit while working on the computer which just doesn't seem like a comfortable or well that's true i guess or safe John, way to... he was typing with gloves on maybe that's why they only have the four buttons <laughs> that's true oh, they have such big fingers then. that makes sense man you're solving design problems mm. look at that that is excellent yeah mm. that's universal well, design there paul I guess it must be. You can type with your elbows, even. Um, John, what do you think then happened to get 
the uh, player to this cutscene, and what do you think happens next? Um, well, it's, like I am assuming that uh, Teller here is not supposed to be in this facility, mm-hmm. uh, and that he broke in. I think he's like a biological experiment or something, or he was exposed to, I assume, radioactive waste and okay. grew into a superpower man. Um, which is <laughs> a term I just, man. uh, I totally believe is real, but, um, okay, okay. and, uh, yeah, so I, I think he's wearing the suit because everyone in this facility would recognize him if he wasn't like hidden. Oh, I see. That's why he's got the, uh, the helmet on exactly. instead of the face mask. Okay. But it, there doesn't seem to be, as far as I can tell on here, there doesn't seem to be any indicator of like. Like that he's not fitting in, or that there is like a possibility of him not fitting in, like like a like a weird behavior, uh, I don't know, bar or something like that. Like if he if he messes right. up, if they'll, they'll notice him. So like, <laughs> this doesn't seem like a particularly difficult mission. Like if he doesn't have to like walk with a group of yellow, uh, hazmated people, uh, and through yeah. the facility and like follow their movements or something like that to avoid notice. It just seems like put on hazmat suit equals safe in this environment. Um, and he's getting personnel. So maybe there's a person in here that he's supposed to get or rescue or abduct or kill. Could be kill. Could be kill. So it's Paul, very, it's very reasonable <laughs> would you, theory. Would you rescue, or who would you rescue, uh, abduct, or kill? <laughs> rescue, abduct, or kill. Rescue, uh, abduct, or kill. It's a new game that we'll feature in a bonus episode we'll put out in the middle of the week. Um, <laughs> no, I hope No, we not. won't. No, we won't. But, John, that theory makes a lot of sense and is probably pretty close to the truth. So rather than give a serious theory, I'm going to tell you what I wish this was about. Okay. Based on the context clues. Give it to me. I wish that... Heller and Guerra had infiltrated this government-run facility. I think it's government-run for two reasons. One, um, there's soldiers involved. Mm -hmm. And two, at the end of this scene, we see them sort of leaving the workspace and going into a um, a basement of some kind, which looks sort of like an underground lair. It's got significant amounts of red light on the walls and, you know, it looks sort of evil government Mm -hmm. type. Evil Uh, government type, yep. Yep. I think the facility designs evil government breakfast foods based on the context clues we discussed earlier. And I hope that they're infiltrating this lair in order to access the personnel database to figure out where the head of pancake management is stationed. And, you know, they I mean, can that makes go sense. That is the terminal he was her. on, so. Yeah. You couldn't see from the angles we saw, but. Clearly the pancake management terminal, uh, which I think would also explain the variable levels of security. I mean, if you're pouring evil government syrup a lot, you're going to want a full hazmat suit on. But if you're just taking notes, you really don't need one. Evil government syrup. Yeah. So I think after uh, after this, they go off and they abduct the head of pancake management for some probably not nefarious purpose. I guess they're trying to save the world from evil pancakes. I mean, do you think that this is, like, the facility where they put uh, fluoride in everything? Is there fluoride in my government pancakes, John? <laughs> I, I assume for... Oh, no. For your essential... essential Fluoridic needs? Yeah, essential 
liquids. I don't know. I was wondering why my teeth were so healthy. Yep. Damn. Damn you, government pancakes. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> All right, John. Well, can we recommend this game then based <laughs> off of what we know? I mean, this clip was already kind of traumatic. It just makes me think about work. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Uh so I personally would not like to play this game for this very reason. Uh, but I'd, I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on it. Well, as is the norm, I've set myself up for a big letdown. Um, I would love to play a Half-Life 2 clone that was about evil government pancakes. But I don't think that's what this is. I think it's probably just a pretty good game that's not unlike Half-Life. So it's probably pretty good based yeah. on what you've said also. Kind of pulpy. Um, I'm not going to play it if it comes up on a humble bundle and I can get it for three bucks later in life, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Makes we'll sense. See. I mean, 2012, that was that was a while ago. I have a feeling that there's a lot of, like, life stuff that just isn't there. Like, a bad inventory yeah, system. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no sort of, like, hand helping on, like, figuring out where to go or what to do. Or too much hand helping. I don't know what hand-helping means, but it's a thing now. I know what you mean, though. Yeah. yeah. And holding, I believe, is what I meant to say. <laughs> All right, John, well, well, any last thoughts about this clip? Um, No, not really. I, I think I think really overall, like, I just want to know more about, like, the ha- like the hazmat procedures and all of this sort of stuff that go on here. So if you're a listener and you happen to know a great deal about, uh, I don't know, biological safety initiatives maybe shoot us an email that's the the minute podcast at gmail.com <laughs> all right well thanks john and a big thank you to chris taylor for submitting this week's minute if you want to support the podcast you can review us on itunes or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded as john said reach out to us at the minute podcast at gmail.com or follow us on twitter at minute pod or on facebook uh, as always, this episode was hosted by Paul Reberg and John Ward, produced by John Ward with theme music by Paul Reberg. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Holy crap, you made it to the end. We'll be back next week to do it all again. Until then, be well and be sure to take a minute. The Minute Podcast. <laughs>